Hello, welcome to the Garrett Ashley Mullet Show. I'm your host, Garrett Ashley Mullet. And uh, this episode, we're going to talk about the future. And uh, it's a big topic. Uh, it's interesting, too, I'll note, for listeners who would have no other way of knowing, except for me telling them, uh, this podcast is the first one I've recorded at the end of the day. All the others I've recorded in the morning, either before my family has woke up because I, I'm just an early riser. I wake up automatically at five in the morning, at least even on days where I'm, I'm off work. Uh, and so I try to try to record my podcast before everyone else wakes up uh, or else, you know, it, it's it's uh, yeah, I'm, I'm finishing up as maybe half my family is still getting out of bed. Uh, but this one, I'm actually recording at the end of the day. I've uh, been home maybe for 45 minutes. My wife and children and my sister-in-law and my niece and nephew, they're all in Billings or on their way home from Billings, Montana, which is about four hours away. Everything is all so spread out uh, in this part of the country. And uh, there's not a whole lot of chiropractors to choose from close by. Uh, my wife prefers to see a female chiropractor, and there just so happens to be a good female chiropractor who does a good job, does good adjustments in billings. And so uh, my wife goes to her chiropractor appointments there. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, goes there, but it ends up being a pretty much an all-day affair. Uh, she goes to Costco as well. And uh, then, you know, is able to get groceries much less expensively, cost of groceries, options for health care, things like that. Uh, very limited. Um, not ideal. That's kind of the trade-off, if you will, to living in uh, beautiful Montana is that you are constrained uh, in those regards. But anyway, the point being. My wife and children uh, are all out of the house this evening as I get home from work. Uh, it's currently 7.15 p.m. as I'm recording this, looking over my computer. And uh, so, yeah, so it, if, if what follows seems a little bit different than normal, uh, if, if my tone of voice seems a little bit different, if the way I cover the topic seems a little bit different, it's because uh, I've been working all day. And, uh, yeah, so my, my mind is in a different mode. Uh, I'm a little bit more tired, but also more awake, uh, and, and all the rest. So anyway, uh, regarding the future. So I'd like to tie in a little bit on uh, the last episode I did. I just finished this morning, uh, this present darkness, a novel by Frank Peretti. Uh, it's a, a novel kind of a, a Fiction, uh, you know, imaginative portrayal of spiritual warfare, and it kind of imagines this this one world government coming to be through uh, a secret organization uh, that interacts with demons and uh, is about witchcraft and uh, spiritualism, and so the demonic forces that uh, this organization. Uh, interacts with to get their higher consciousness, their uh, universal mind, whatever. Uh, gives them instructions, gives them special power, gets people out of the way that get in their way. And so they're able to build this international organization. And then they try, as part of their grander schemes, they try to take over this little town of Ashton. And so there's the, there's this back and forth between uh, the human characters in the book and the demons uh, and the angels and there's human conflict, which we're all pretty familiar with, I think. Uh, but there's also an unseen spiritual conflict that sometimes bleeds over into the human, uh, those who are super spiritual and they're in tune with that universe. They might uh, perceive things that are happening in the physical world differently uh, because they have a discernment of such things. They have a familiarity with the spirits or with 
with God and his word. And, uh, and so it's, it's just an, a really interesting read. But it was written and, and published, I think, uh, back in the 80s, early 80s. Uh, I just now stumbled across it after several uh, people I know recommending it, highly recommending it, probably because of various things I was talking about. And they said, oh, yeah, if you're interested in that, you'd be really uh, interested in this novel. You should read it. And so I finally did. Uh, but even though it's written... In, you know, back in the '80s, uh, it feels uh, like it still would fit in today's world. Uh, you know, part of the narrative, a central part of the narrative, is that a pastor and a newspaper man are both uh, at the very center of these demonic attacks, and uh, you know, they're the ones that might uh, foil the whole thing, and they end up not to give anything away. They end up giving, you know being central to uh, the defeat of this demonic plot to take over the town. Uh, but only after, you know, much struggle, there's a personal struggle for them. And then there's also a spiritual struggle happening that they can't see with their eyes. Every now and then they can feel it. Every now and then it bleeds over into uh, the lives uh, of their loved ones and the lives of the people that they're interacting with that are in opposition to them, that are trying to support them, that are just afraid, etc. And, you know, all of that, I, I don't look at that kind of a novel in the rearview mirror. I look at that in, uh, in hopes that I can scan the road ahead and see what's coming, learn something. And that's, that's true of everything that I read. Uh, what is the value of reflection? What is the value of reading history, of uh, knowing about the past, understanding the past and the present? Unless that gives you some kind of an insight into what decisions to make in the present and then also you know, giving you preparation for the future, which at some point will be the present. Uh, whether you know we are in this or that circumstance when it gets here, uh, you know, the future will come. And at some point it will be the present. And so we, you know, if we're wise, we try to prepare for the future. Uh, and, and the way that we do that is we recognize patterns. We see, okay, when this is done, that is the result. When this happens, then that is the next thing that follows. So therefore, when I see these things going on, I should expect, you know, fill in the blank. Right. And, and then, you know, I, I observed that when this happened last time and somebody tried that, didn't work out so great. So maybe I'm going to learn from their mistake, not do that. But I notice over here when this happened, this you know, same sort of thing happened, this other person tried this other thing, and that looked really smart. It seemed to really fit that situation. So that's what I'm going to do too, you know. And so those are those are the nature. That's the that's the nature of learning. Uh, that is the value of reading history. That's the value of reading anything. Uh, if you're if you're seeking wisdom and not just entertainment, you're not just killing time. You know, if you're seeking wisdom, then you're going to read anything and everything with a view to the future, uh, because the future will eventually be the present, and you're going to need to be prepared to make decisions, uh, hopefully good decisions that are based on reality, uh, that that result in the kind of uh, <clears throat> circumstance that you're hoping for, right? Um, so, you know, again, back to this novel, this novel is talking about spiritual warfare. And I think part of the reason why so many uh, friends and family were recommending the book is I, here I'm talking about politics. I'm talking about uh, things that are going on socially, culturally, just the darkness, the evil, the injustice that uh, you know, is increasingly uh, blatant and uh, unafraid and oppressive in our uh, situation here in, in America. And, and so I write about that and I try to be very open and honest and raise an alarm and be a watchman on the wall who's saying, Hey, wait, guys, look, <laughs> trouble's coming. Um, you know, and as such, you know, people that are in the know that are, are sensitive to the fact that there is a spiritual war, you know, they are pointing to this book and they're saying, Hey Garrett, uh, you should read this. <laughs> uh, I think you'd get, I think you'd find it encouraging and uh, and all the rest. 
you know, I, I'll just be honest with you too. I mean, as I think about the future, I don't know, you know, no man knoweth the uh, day or the hour, you know, Jesus tells us uh, the end is going to come as a thief in the night. Uh, God, the father knows, but uh, we're all going to just have to be surprised. And it behooves us to be prepared at all times to live in such a way that, you know, even if Jesus weren't to return right now and just, Hey, that's the end of history. That's a wrap. You know, uh, whether we were passing away or, or whatever, you know, we're living in such a way that at any given point in time, God could pause, uh, say, okay, game over. And, and we would hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. You know, that's how we should live. Right. But, uh, you know, as I uh, imagine a future scenario, you know, I, I haven't just read this novel by Frank Peretti. I've also read uh, my Bible, and uh, there's plenty of prophecy that's been fulfilled already, and there's a lot of prophecy that uh, I believe has yet to be fulfilled, where Jesus will return, and there will be an end to these things, and, uh, you know, those who have done evil and have lived in rebellion against God and have tried to defeat his purposes and who have uh, mocked him, they will receive their reward for that, uh, eternal punishment and separation from God. But those whose names are in the book of the Lamb uh, will be saved and they will be redeemed and they'll be made perfect. And you know, if they've got bodies that are racked with sickness and deformity and brokenness, then they're going to be given new bodies that are not. And uh, that you know their wounds are going to be healed, their, their tears are going to be wiped away, and then those who are in Christ will rule and reign with Christ forever. Uh, and you know, and, and thinking of that really helps us to uh, bear up under sufferings now in the present. You know, if we're persecuted, you know, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness. You know, blessed are those. Uh, you know, who, who hunger and thirst for righteousness. You know, the, the, the Sermon on the Mount, you know, Jesus is saying, blessed are those who are not having a great time. You know, they're not having their best life now because God is going to make things right. And that's what we have to look forward to. And that gives us some comfort in the present. This is not all there is. And there is a spiritual war going on. And we know who wins that spiritual war. And so we want to be, as Abraham Lincoln once said, we want to be on his side. You know, our concern should not be whether he's on our side or on our enemy's side. Our concern should be, are we on his side? Right. Uh, you know, as I imagine a future scenario in which the, the prophecies of the Bible are fulfilled, you know, I could look back to the early church and recognize that, you know, there were some who sold all their possessions and they waited on their Rooftops, uh, thinking that at any second Jesus would return, that would be a wrap, and uh, and they could start eternity. And uh, you know we can kind of smirk at that, but you know in all honesty they didn't know. And uh, and really for all intents and purposes, you know if tomorrow's not promised and all you have is your life today, and you you know you're here today and then your body might just get hit by a Mack truck tomorrow, or you might get cancer and you might not be here in six months or, you know, whatever. None of us are, are guaranteed to live forever this time around. Uh, if we're Christians in Christ, we have eternal life because God's going to resurrect us by the same power that he raised Jesus from the dead. But, you know, between now and then a lot of things can happen to this body. Um, you know, those, those new Testament Christians, you know, Hey, they're they're not uh, gone, and they're you know we don't mock them, we who are in the know, because they are with Jesus. Uh, or you know, depending on your theology, uh, they're they're sleeping, and so they're going to wake up and be with Jesus. And it's going to be like I tell my kids, you know, hey, you know, hey, if it's Christmas Eve, hey, go to sleep. The sooner you go to sleep, the sooner you're going to wake up and and be able to open your presents, right? Uh, you know, this book, this present darkness, it's talking about spiritual warfare, and 
this attempt by the forces of evil to take over the world and you know that we know that those kinds of uh, things that that sort of a uh, circumstance is what will precipitate the return of Christ uh, we know before the before the end it's going to get worse it's going to get darker uh, you know it will be as the days of Noah uh, in the last days the earth was filled with violence and all of that uh, but as we imagine that, you know, it's uh, probable that there will be more and more persecution for Christians, right? Uh, as we look at the tumult, the disorder, the chaos, uh, the strife, the animosity that is present in our current uh, political climate here in America, uh, it's, you know, 2018, you've got uh, Donald Trump as president, and you've got you know, uh, 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 I think she's a congresswoman. Is that right? Maxine Waters, uh, long time member of our legislative bodies there in uh, Washington D.C., and she's she's a lifer, and she's openly calling for the harassment uh, of anybody associated with the Trump administration if they're seen in a public place, so that. Uh, the left will let them know they are not welcome anywhere. And you can guarantee that's going to result in violence. Uh, it won't just be words. It will escalate. There will be blood. Somebody's going to get hurt. Somebody's going to die. And uh, and it could easily be uh, another civil war in very short order. I think a lot of people on both sides are really itching for that and would like to settle some scores. And, you know, in, in all honesty, I mean, the left uh, has a lot of tricks up their sleeve. Uh, they've got uh, a lot of people positioned throughout the government. Uh, they've got a lot. They, obviously, they have the media in their pocket. They have Hollywood. They have uh, a great many things uh, set up internationally uh, with the U.N. and all over the world. Uh, they have a great many Americans brainwashed. Uh, or at the very least, pacified uh, because of education, because of mass media, uh, propaganda. And and then you've got social media. You've got the Internet. You've got the uh, unprecedented ability to shape public opinion by controlling what people see and what they don't see, and in what order, and when, and how, and, you know, all of that. With those tools at their disposal, not to mention intimate knowledge of everybody who uh, has any kind of a public life, intimate knowledge of their daily habits, their routine, their associates, their positions, their thoughts, their habits, uh, everything they've said and done that's private, that maybe they don't want getting out. And the left has an unprecedented uh, ability at their fingertips to destroy whoever they will destroy and whoever gets in their way. And so you could have the left uh, take over, I think, within my lifetime pretty easily, unless something really, really drastic happens between now and then. And uh, I, I can't help hoping that something drastic will happen just to prevent that, because I think that would be awful and evil. Uh, the left is evil. They're not just, uh, it's its not just a gentleman's disagreement. The left in America is evil. Okay, I don't know if that's a shocker to you. I don't know if you knew that. Uh, but the left is evil. Uh, I, I would not even be surprised, especially after reading This Present Darkness, wouldn't even be surprised if you have people throughout the left who are just demonically possessed. Uh, and that's where these crazy, stupid ideas come from. That's why they want to destroy America. It's kind of like the demons uh, putting a knife in the hands of uh, their would-be victims so that they'll commit suicide as a way of releasing them from this bondage. Uh, you know, So also, these leftist politicians just putting knives into the hands of Americans uh, by filling their heads with these crazy ideas. Uh, you know, it, it's it's absurd. But, uh, you know, that's a definite possibility, right? Uh, that the future could, within our lifetime, within the next few years, 
uh, within maybe even months. Who knows what, what the left does if they lose the midterms here that are coming up. If we think they were unhinged uh, before, what happens when that even slips out of their fingertips? And, and what if they get it? You know, if they get in and then they're able to impeach Trump and then go after anybody uh, who helped him get elected, and then the social media is already uh, advertised that they're going to clamp down on anybody who uh, might possibly uh, support uh, the kinds of things that Trump is doing, so that they don't have a repeat of this ever again. Maybe they let him, you know, run his course this time for this term and the next term. Maybe, kind of. Uh, but then they don't ever allow that to ever happen again because they, they make sure they exclude anybody who could be a threat early on. They nip that in the bud, uh, you know, financially, physically, emotionally, socially, everything. But, you know, that's one future. That's a possible future is that this polarization is going to escalate to the point of civil war, uh, to the point of martial law, to the point of one side or the other. Uh, trying to root out and destroy the the side that uh, you know it's it's opposed to whether it's the right or the left uh you know that i don't think would be over quickly um i don't i don't know that the right would win i think we i think the right would win if uh nobody interfered internationally but i'm not convinced that that would be the case uh Anyway, that's one possibility. And sometimes I think about that and I think and I imagine and I see pictures and, and uh, visions in my head. I don't know if they're I'm not claiming that they're from God, but uh, you know, who knows if they maybe they are. I guess I'll find out. I'm not going to tell you what they are, but uh, maybe I'll find out one of these days. Um, you know, imagine a, a scenario in which the world just descends into chaos and America collapses. Uh, you know, people have been worried about that, talking about that for a long, long time. But I will note, uh, nowhere in the Bible do I read uh, about anything that just pops out at me to be America. Uh, so there's the question of, is America even a thing? You know, maybe the Yellowstone supervolcano erupts and then that's it, lights out for uh, America before the end times. Maybe we get invaded. Maybe we just collapse under the weight of all of the strife. Maybe another empire uh, just uh, rises above us. Maybe China, maybe Russia, maybe both. Maybe we get nuked. I don't know. I guess we'll find out. Uh, or we won't. I guess if we get nuked, then <laughs> uh, Jesus will tell us someday, hopefully. Um, but I mean, that's a, that's a possible future, and I mean, just uh, imagine with me, if you will, where you would be in that kind of a future. You know, where do you see yourself? Do you see yourself hiding, uh, you know, in a, in a hole in the ground? Do you see yourself sneaking around, trying not to be noticed, trying not to draw attention to yourself, just trying to keep your family alive? Uh, do you see yourself, you know, just going with the flow? Do you see, you know? You see yourself uh, fighting, you know, be, being part of a resistance. I mean, it's, it's an interesting uh, thought exercise to imagine. You know, if, if the world were to collapse, if this became Fallout uh, 4 or The Walking Dead or something like that, what would you do? Do you have a plan in place? Do you have any idea? Uh, you know, there's definitely a, a, a alternative view that... Uh, you know, I, I'll be honest, I, I hope that it goes this way instead, and that is that uh, I get to live to a ripe old age, that all of this drama dies down and it settles into something uh, that is uh, sustainable, that's not corrupt, and it's not totalitarian, um, you know, but that my children and my wife and me and my family and my friends extended uh, that, that we get to live our lives in peace, that there's peace in the land, we get to be prosperous, we get to work, enjoy the fruit of our labors, etc. Uh, you know, I would, I have all kinds of plans for what I'd like to do in peacetime. And I don't know if any of those plans would come true this side of heaven. 
if uh, the world goes to pot the way that uh, it very well could. Um, you know, for instance, I, I would really, really like to be able to design and build my own house out in the country with some acreage and some outbuildings. And uh, I'd like to have you know, a nice big plot for my wife to grow a garden and the kids to help her tend it. I'd like to have some, some dairy goats and some chickens. And, uh, you know, I, I, here's a, a quirky uh, dream that maybe you don't hear every day. I'd like to have a bison ranch, raise some bison for meat. Um, you know, if that were to go well or if, you know, I had the wherewithal to do it, you know, I'd like to start a restaurant and be able to serve up to customers what was grown on my farm and, uh, you know, and, and you know, whatever it is, I think my wife's a great cook. I'm a little biased, but I, I think she does a great job. Maybe she'd be responsible for building the menu, coming up with that. I'd handle the business side of it. Uh, you know, our sons, our daughter could help in running it. And, uh, you know, we could hire other people too as well, but, you know, have that, have a family business, you know, ranching, farming, uh, gardening, and restauranting, if that's a word. I don't know if that's a word. Uh, you know, and, and so I, I have all kinds of ideas. I've, I've got uh, this ginormous uh, Pinterest account that uh, has upwards of 40,000 pins in it and uh, a great many thousands of those pins have to do with how I'd like to design my house someday. And ideas for, you know, uh, ways to organize and, uh, you know, just different, just a, a style of life that I would like to provide for my family someday. You know, I've got this promising career in automation. Uh, you know, as the economy goes more and more to robots and automation, uh, you know, the, the advertised warning is that that's going to displace a lot of people. Uh, Elon Musk and others. Uh, they've talked about universal basic income that that's going to need to supplement uh, the, the the job uh, pay that people are accustomed to receiving throughout all of the rest of human history up to this point. Uh, so everybody else might be out of work though. I mean, they're they're going to be uh, replaced with robots and sensors and things like that, automated processes. That's what is coming down the pike. Uh, but I'm in. I'm, I'm in automation. I, I am an automation technician, so I install and set up and configure and troubleshoot automated uh, systems, uh, you know, specifically in oil and gas. But then, you know, eventually I'd like to get branch off into other areas as well. I had Elon Musk's car company, Tesla, uh, seek me out. One of their recruiters found me online and uh, they offered me a job. They interviewed me, offered me a job. Uh, I turned them down. Uh, only after much uh, thought, careful thought, because it looked really exciting. I know, I know that there's, you know, uh, warning signs for how their company is doing, at least in the present. I know they just laid off 9% of their workforce, but boy, howdy, I mean, it looks cool what they're doing. And if they were to succeed, they'd be the future of everything. Right. Um, you know, so, but, but I'm, I'm an automation technician. You know, if I can just, uh, you know, survive the, the first few years of being introduced to this, I think the wage that I'm going to be able to command for my uh, knowledge and my, my expertise, is going to be very, very high. And I think uh, if I just stay on this path, I'm going to have a bright future, be able to make a really good income. And that really good income uh, will, uh, I, I hope, I mean, God willing, we'll, we'll live and do this or that. Maybe it won't, but I hope, I think it's reasonable to hope that uh, that income will translate into being able to achieve the, the dream that I have of having a bison ranch, having a place in the country, uh, etc. But uh, I don't know if that's the way it's going to go. I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to design and build a home from the ground up, actually below the ground up, because I'd like it to be a uh, at least built into the side of a hill where it's got all of the, the uh, insulating benefits of being an earth home uh 
I, and I, plus I just think it's cool and it's cozy and all that. But, uh, you know, I'd, I'd like to have my, my, my sons especially help me build that, help me design it, come up with cool ideas for, for things we could include. You know, uh, I'd like to have a, a special, uh, maybe like a, a watchtower sort of a deal where I've got my desk for writing. I've got my computer. Uh, I've got, you know, kind of an observation. Uh, oh, almost like, uh, think of like air traffic control tower at an airport where there's windows on all sides. I'd also like uh, windows to the sky to where, you know, if we went out there at night, we'd lay down on the floor and look up uh, and see the stars, you know, but be inside, you know, if it was winter or whatever, my wife and I wanted to, you know, just go have a romantic, uh, stargazing kind of, you know, home date or whatever that we could do that, you know, um, and be able to look out, see a field with, you know, obviously some, some, uh, stronger, uh, than normal fencing, higher than normal fencing, but, uh, look out in the field and see some, you know, bison, my bison, uh, be able to enjoy bison burgers, bison steaks, whenever I very well please. Grow our, our own spinach, have our own uh, goat's milk, and make that into goat's cheese. Uh, and, you know, my, my very favorite meal, and I, I always ask for this from uh, Lauren, my wife. Uh, every you know, anytime she asks me, hey, you know, special events coming up, what, what would you like me to make? And I, I ask her for this, and it's it's homemade meatballs. Uh, usually made with beef, although this last time she she made a mixture of pork and turkey, and it was fantastic. It was so good. Uh, but she's got a special uh, sauce that she cooks that in, bakes that in, baked meatballs. Uh, that's it's made with ketchup and grape jelly, and uh, I think lemon juice and some other things. It is fantastic. Uh, you know, and then on the side, oh, and then and then the meatballs. They they are. Uh, served with egg noodles that have been cooked uh, in butter with some salt. That's fantastic. And then on the side, there is uh, spinach sautéed in olive oil with goat cheese. And that is fantastic. And all of that together with a Blue Moon uh, or a Lane and Kugels or something like that, you know, a good, good beer, good ale, uh, you know, honey, honey Weiss or, or, uh, or something like that. That is just absolutely the best thing uh, I've ever eaten. It's so good. So, so good. Even just thinking about it, I'm salivating here. Uh, but to just be able to make, you know, just to grow all of that on our own. Uh, you know, I, I've taken to hunting in recent years. I'm trying to become more adept, more familiar, more skillful at um, butchering you know, my own deer. And then, you know, I'm going to be able to process, uh, the meat. You know, if we have a ranch, I'm going to be able to process our own meat. So I'm not taking it to somebody else and then paying, you know, missing out on some of the, uh, cost benefits of having our own growing our own food. And then also being able to pass that on to my children. And, uh, you know, if it ends up being a business and I'm able to do these things, well, then we keep our costs down. We're able to make money easier and then plus that, plus beyond that, I just think, you know, if if we're going to eat something, then we should know where it comes from. And we should be connected with the process by which it gets to our table, and that that is a very healthy thing. That helps us appreciate uh, just just the the facts of life. You know, I uh, I read uh, Lieutenant Colonel David Grossman's famed book uh, on killing here. Uh, Oh, I think I finished it maybe four or five, six months ago. And one of the things that he said, he commented that, you know, a hundred years ago uh, and for the rest of human history before that, uh, most people, you know, before the agricultural revolution, before supermarkets, before the urbanization of uh, uh, the modern world, most people lived on farms. And, you know, if you wanted uh, chicken for dinner, Somebody was going to go out there and kill a chicken and pluck it and butcher it. <laughs> and, you know, that was that was going to be the process. 
right? You didn't just run over to the supermarket and, you know, go to the right aisle and, you know, and pick up a, a package of, you know, already cleaned, ready to cook chicken. You didn't do that. Or even cooked, you can go to the supermarket, you, you just buy fried chicken. Hey, I don't feel like cooking tonight. Okay, cool. You know, buy chicken nuggets. You just microwave them. Okay, great. There you go. You know, uh, you know, but but he he remarks that uh, people being raised and living that way day in and day out their whole lives, uh, they they understood uh, fundamentally that death was a part of life, right? You know, if I'm hungry for meat, some animal is going to have to die, and I will probably be the one who has to kill it and process it, turn it from an animal into uh, meat. And, you know, as a consequence, there was a uh, maybe, you know, kinds of rituals involved in taking the life even of an animal. And there was a certain sobriety about it and because there was familiarity. There was an appreciation for what killing means. And in modern times where we've gotten away from that, even our food, we don't associate our, our meat and our hamburger, uh, the chicken nuggets next to your French fries. We don't associate that stuff with killing and death. Uh, and, and so there's a disconnect from reality, right? Uh, and some people, once they finally do figure out and they see what butchery is, or they, you know, have to imagine, Oh, would I be willing to butcher an animal? No, I watched Bambi as a kid, you know, then all of a sudden they become a, a vegan or a vegetarian or whatever. Uh, you know, that, how does that all jive with, uh, also violent video games, violent movies, violent, you know, media. And, uh, you know, our, our uh, attitude towards taking human life. And so he makes the, the remark that he actually thinks that the war has gotten a lot more barbaric uh, and the costs have gotten higher, even as the willingness to pay those costs, uh, you know, by people who are not really acquainted with killing and taking life, even animal life. You know, that has put us on a dangerous trajectory as a society here in America. Yeah, it's really great to have supermarkets, but, uh, you know, there, there's there's a cost. And so, you know, all of that to say that uh, I want to uh, be familiar with the process of uh, preparing meat, you know, uh, taking an animal that has been raised or, or hunted for its meat uh, and, and turning it into food. Uh, and, and eventually, you know, I'd like my sons to learn those skills, to know what's involved in that, because I think it's a character building thing. I think we should approach it with sobriety, with uh, thankfulness to God that uh, he's created life, but also uh, an awareness that, you know, as it says in Genesis, that, that God gave us the animals uh, for also, also for food. He, he gave us the, the plants, uh, the fruit and, and everything of, of every plant of the field. And, uh, and then, you know, when Noah and his family, they disembarked from the ark after the flood, uh, God said, you know, I'll, I'll give you the animals as well for your food. Uh, but, you know, all of that is to say, I, I have big dreams for the future. Um, you know, if the future is peaceful, uh, I would like to, I'll be honest, I'd like to build a life around my Pinterest account. <laughs> if I could, you know, uh, you know, build a house that's an amalgamation of the ideas that I've, I've seen uh, on Pinterest that I've saved, uh, you know, have, furnish it with uh, the furniture that I've saved and pinned on Pinterest, you know, and, and have my wife, uh, you know, be able to to cook in a kind of kitchen with the kinds of cool gadgets, uh, the kinds of food that I've all, you know, all that thing, all those things I've, I've seen pinned, saved on Pinterest. Uh, you know, my kids running around having a, a rock wall inside of our house, having a slide that takes them from, uh, you know, the main floor uh, down to the basement or down, you know, from the, the second story to uh, their bedroom. Or whatever, you know, having uh, secret uh, passageways behind bookshelves. You know, you pull the statue forward and it releases the locking mechanism. And then that bookshelf slides away like it's Indiana Jones. Now, these are all things that I would really like to do if uh, 
future in my lifetime is peaceful. I would like to be a man of peace. I'd like to raise my family in peace. I'd like to build and grow and learn and just continue on like that and write. You know, I'd like to get to an old age, sit on a rocking chair on a front porch, looking out over some aspens uh, in the fall, a gentle, cool breeze blowing on my face, a pipe in my teeth, smoking some vanilla, cherry vanilla tobacco you know, with a pen in my hand, paper on my lap, and writing. You know, watching my ki- my children, my grandchildren play in a meadow. That uh, that sounds uh, sounds fantastic to me. That that is the kind of future that I hope uh, I'm able to have. But uh, again, you know, God willing, we'll live and do this or that. And all any of us really ever have is the present. Uh, I, you know, a word of caution to anybody who is listening right now. Uh, you know, the kind of future that we get, whether a peaceful one or one of conflict, one of tyranny, one of oppression, or one of liberty, of blessing, of uh, kindness, fellowship. You know, it depends on the actions we take in the present. And we can become slaves or we can become free men, depending on what we do and say now or don't say and do now. And, uh, you know, here I I was just scrolling through Pinterest earlier and uh, came across a video that uh, Alex Jones with InfoWars had shared uh, yesterday. He, He videotaped it and then posted it and published it yesterday. We were talking about uh, basically a plot by the Democrats to collapse uh, America by flooding the southern border with Mexico with immigrants, making you know basically like a 1,000% uptick in illegal immigration. And then you have the Republicans responding to that, putting a stop to it, calling for an emergency deployment of uh, military forces. And then, uh, you know, anybody gets hurt, or even if they don't, the Democrats are obviously trying to make stuff up, uh, fabricating stories, uh, getting hysterical, associating the most basic enforcement of immigration laws with uh, Nazism and racism and genocide. And it's, it's ridiculous. It's outrageous. So then imagine for yourself, you know, what are they going to do if somebody actually does get hurt? You know, if you do have a 1,000% increase in people trying to illegally enter America, the U.S., through Mexico, and somebody gets shot, somebody gets killed, you know, suppose Maxine Waters gets what she's calling for and you start having people uh, being harassed because they're associated with Donald Trump, because they're Republicans, because whatever. And suppose one of these people being harassed panics, they've got a gun and they they open fire and all of a sudden, boom, it's going to explode. And then the left is going to say, ah, aha, see, you know, and uh, so I was watching this Alex Jones video and, you know, just, just to be clear, uh, you know, I don't know if anybody uh, out there who's listening is a big Alex Jones fan. Uh, I, I, I I shake my head, you know, I, I think he's a little bit sensationalist, uh, a little bit less disciplined than uh, he should be. Uh, I don't really trust him. Um, you know, a guy I used to work with at Conoco once told me that actually <laughs> Alex Jones is, uh, he's part of the leftist conspiracy to make uh, people that are aware of what the government is doing look crazy by basically telling the truth. Like he's saying stuff that's actually going on, but he says it in such a way that it sounds super crazy so that anybody else who says that kind of stuff, uh, the left can just point to Alex Jones and be like, yeah, you sound like Alex Jones and then just dismiss you wholesale along with him. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if that's true. I don't know if that's, uh, you know, reasonable to, to suspect, but 
in any event, I'm not a big Alex Jones fan. I'm a little bit skeptical myself, uh, but you know, it brings up some interesting topics. Uh, I would sooner trust him than I tr would trust uh, MSNBC or CNN uh, or, or the left. Uh, but um, I was just watching uh, this, this YouTube video and thinking about this book I've just finished. And, you know, spiritual warfare. You've got angels and demons that are fighting behind the scenes. And if, you, if you've never read this present darkness, I, I would encourage you to. Uh, because you, you've got this newspaper man and this pastor that the forces of evil see if, if they can destroy, delegitimize, get off course, scare, uh, disrupt these two men, then nothing stands in their way, right? Uh, because both of these men, their job is to proclaim the truth. But if the truth is proclaimed, well, then that defeats what Satan and his minions are, are trying to accomplish in the world. Uh, Satan is the father of lies, and uh, his success, any amount of success he might have, is predicated on being able to deceive. So anybody that's in the business of uh, setting the record straight, you know, whether that's a newspaper man who is investigating and uncovering corruption, uh, dirty deeds, etc., or whether that is a minister of God who is proclaiming the gospel, speaking the truth of God's word, and is waking people up to uh, their need for a savior. Uh, you know, either way, the truth will set you free. And, uh, you know, I, I wonder, as I was talking with my cousin Chris Blair here, he was asking me how I liked Peretti's book. And I told him it's really something. I mean, it, it really gets you thinking how much of this stuff is, is really, like right now, happening. How much of these uh, big headline news stories that we uh, see, how much of the headline stories, uh, news stories that we don't see that are much bigger news. Uh, how much of all of that is being influenced by demonic forces in the world? Uh, you know, I just commented on something from the Billings Gazette, which uh, for those that are not from the area, the Billings Gazette is uh, super left. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's pretty obvious. Their Facebook page likes to post just ridiculous things. Uh, the latest example that I saw uh, this afternoon on my way home from work was uh, the title was Zinke deletes photo of his Trump socks after complaints. And, uh, and even the picture that's associated with <laughs> this uh, story, quote unquote, uh, it's got like marker uh, scratching over what I'm presuming is some kind of a slogan or phrase underneath these socks. Uh, their picture of Donald Trump probably says make America great again. And so that, you know, Billings Gazette is covering this story because that's a scandal. Zinke has no business wearing Donald Trump socks that say make America great again. That is just scandalous. So I'm reading through the comments on the Billings Gazette, and uh, it's just it, it, it's absurd uh, that anybody is actually they, they actually care about uh, Interior Secretary Ryan Zinke wearing Trump socks. I really, I it's mildly amusing, but I really don't care. Uh, you know, in light of Maxine Waters uh, encouraging, uh, let's be honest, encouraging violence uh, against anybody associated with Donald Trump, president of the United States of America. Uh, you know, it's, it's pretty obvious why a left-leaning newspaper, hard left, not even leaning left, hard left propagandist newspaper in Billings, Montana, would want to, let's talk about Donald Trump socks on the interior secretary. Yeah, pay, pay no attention to the Maxine Waters uh, thing where we're, we're working to start uh, 
a civil war here in this country. Uh, you know, decisions like that, whoever is deciding to cover the story of Zinke and not cover Maxine Waters, whoever's, you know, deciding to post that and make that, you know, give, you know, real estate, valuable real estate on Billings Gazette, uh, their, their Facebook page in their newspaper, give valuable real estate and attention to Ryan Zinke's socks uh, instead of covering Maxine Waters. Is that, <laughs> could you have uh, the demons involved in that? Uh, you know, it's, it's an interesting uh, consideration. Um, I, I think at a bare minimum, when you consider uh, abortion, and the LGBT agenda and the Islamophilia on the left, the, the hatred for uh, liberty, for Christian orthodoxy. Uh, when you consider the godlessness of public education, uh, you know, the, on so many things, when you really look at the left and you do a compare and contrast between what they're for what they're passionate about, what they're promoting, and let's say what the Bible says and what Christians believe and what God has commanded. Uh, you can't, you can't avoid calling the left evil. You just can't. I mean, you can't say, well, it's a little harsh. No, that's, that's accurate. The left is evil. Uh, it's time we wake up to that. And really, anybody that would promote the left and would be working in underhanded ways, uh, you know, it, it's evil. It's evil. There's no excuse for it. Repent. Repent. Uh, and wake up, too. I mean, those that have already repented, but they're uh, fearful, put on the whole armor of God. Gird up your loins because there's work to do. You know, the kind of future that we're going to have, uh, do we want to decide that future by hiding uh, in a hole in the ground and uh, just trying to uh, escape notice, avoid attention, not say anything, not buck the system, not upset the status quo? Is that what we want? Uh I think not. I don't think that honors God. If you're a Christian, uh, it's not right. Uh, we were born for such a time as this, and the kind of future that we're going to have uh, demands action if we want to have a good future. But in any event, that's all I've got for this evening, for this episode. Uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode. Uh, please look me up. On social media, do a quick Google search of me. You can find my various accounts. Message me on any one of them. I don't care which. Uh, you can also email me at garrettmullet at gmail.com. That's G-A-R-R-E-T-T-M-U-L-L-E-T at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you whether you uh, loved this podcast episode or whether you hated it, whether you agree with me totally, or whether you couldn't disagree more. Please share your thoughts. Let me know. Thank you for listening. God bless.